0: A day podcast
1: Thursday, August 12th, 2021, and I want to be not the first, but maybe the last for 2021 to wish the Green Bay Packers a happy birthday. Their birthday, 102nd <laughs> birthday was on August 11th. We love and appreciate Not everything, I guess, but most of the things (laughs) that you do and the joy that you bring us in our life. It is our Thursday crew. I am Jacob Westendorf. I'm your host this evening. And I am joined by the man who is rocking a Detroit Lion players jersey. (laughs) It is a Packers jersey, however. Jamal Williams, of course, who we always have love for between Jimmy and myself. Our former Mm co-host of the Jamal Williams show, Jamal Williams, and my co-host tonight, the great jimmy christensen jimmy how's it hanging
2: i honestly i'm confused and don't know how to react because you said great in front of my name and usually it's like average or below average so i'm off to a rocky start right now but besides that i'm,
1: I'm golden and maggie loney not with us tonight enjoying some of the thunderstorms and tornadoes and all the other crazy stuff going on in green bay wisconsin taking in training camp i was able to meet up with maggie on sunday had a little brunch with her and our fellow colleague perry goldstein that was nice white dog black cat or black dog white cat i can't remember the name of the place honestly but the brunch (laughs) delicious such good biscuits and gravy uh took a little bit too long for us to get served i will say that much but I thought you were That's talking really, about like a, a, a pet they were actually bringing. Like that whole oh, time, I was no. like, "Oh, they brought animals. That's cool." No, it was a great. Uh, it was a great little restaurant. Uh, oddly enough, Maggie does have a dog that has some black and white uh, on his body, and Perry has a cat, but I don't know what color. It is. So <laughs> she's gonna have to clarify that for you guys this Sunday. What we're gonna clarify for you guys here tonight is the latest and greatest, of course. Surrounding the Green Bay Packers, Jimmy, we were able to meet up uh, Thursday last week for practice. We've got Todd Varney of Lombardi's Bar game on Wisconsin yeah. in a Mitchell Trubisky jersey. That was phenomenal. My question that I think I have that everybody wants to know though: How mm-hmm. did Hadley enjoy her first training camp experience?
2: Yeah, she loved it. Like she, she had a lot of fun that day at training camp, and then even at like going to the distillery afterwards with you guys. She had a lot of fun. She did a lot better than I expected because going to it, I was like, oh, gosh, I bet she'll, she'll chill for like half hour. Then she'll just be a rambunctious three year old. But she did good. I, uh, I just mentioned this on the Barty's bar, but I felt bad for the person sitting in front of her because uh, halfway through Hadley just thought like it was a good time to do yoga. Uh, oh. And she started doing like lunges and she kept grabbing the lady in front of her shirt to help her stand back up after the lunges. So I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like it's just Hadley doing doing yoga. She's she always watches Des do like when Des was pregnant,
1: the prenatal yoga and everything. So she thinks she's like a a yoga expert. That's excellent. That's good to know. And obviously she had a lot of fun. It was cool to see her and my daughter interact uh, birthday buddies. So we have a birthday coming up in five weeks. That's crazy. Hadley will be three. Blake Mm -hmm. will be two. And uh, maybe one of these days we'll be able to get them all of us to Lambo at the same time. So. That'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Something else that we're looking forward to, obviously, is the preseason opener. That is on Saturday. But before we get to what we're looking forward to in the preseason opener, I want to talk about somebody who's not going to play in the preseason opener or the preseason at all, and that is Aaron Rodgers. You may have heard his name once or twice this offseason. And I want to start by saying it's it's so strange to me how – Were there some liberties taken with some of the things Adam Schefter said? Yes, absolutely. That being said, everything that's come out, almost everything that's come out of the mouth of Aaron Rodgers, certainly leads us to believe that everything Schefter was reporting as far as being disgruntled, not sure he wants to return to the team, blah, 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 100 percent accurate. So I Mm -hmm. think we can stop calling him a fake reporter or saying he made this up or blah, 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 because everything Aaron Rodgers has said has led to believe that thing was spot on. Now, did he take some liberties? Like you said, when he said they've already lost Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Now you've got me on him exaggerating a little bit, but making it up, no sources, whatever you want to say. Absolutely not the case. Uh, Schefter is, is, and remains one of the best in the business, even if he did do some things for TV, but that's not the point. The point I'm making is Aaron Rodgers spoke with uh, Sirius XM radio today and was talking about, you know, a, a bunch of different stuff. He did talk about a few other things, but the money quote or the money line really was somebody, they asked him, when did you make your decision as to what your future was going to be? And he said two days before training camp. Now, my first question to you, Jimmy is, do you believe that? I, I honestly do. I think so. It seems like everything, going
2: back to his first press conference, like he was very open and honest about everything going on. Um, And just, it seemed like he finally, what we wanted him to do all off season was just tell us what, what he was thinking, tell us what was going on rather than having the reports come out, just like he actually come out and say what's on his mind. And since he did in that press conference, it seemed like he was just being honest, truthful, venting out everything that he wanted to. So I don't know what he'd have to gain from saying like, oh, I didn't know I was coming back till two days before. It, it There's really no reason to say that unless it is true.
1: I agree with you. I think that, like you said, I have been very open and very critical of the way Rodgers handled this offseason. And after he spoke, again, he has some things to gain by saying the things he's saying. But I do think he cares about that. He cares about what what it looks like, you know, and he didn't, I don't think he wanted to get in a pissing match. I do believe him when he says he cares about the team, he cares about his teammates, he cares. And I know that a lot has been made of him stopping short of saying the organization. And then he's like, you know, I care about the, orc, you know, the fans. Yeah. But he has said several times since then that he cares about the organization. So I think being a green Bay Packer is something that still resonates with him. I think that's part of why, He's back in Green Bay. The other part is some of the other stuff. I think he still wants to play. I think he knows this is his team that has the best chance to win the championship. Mm -hmm. I think there's a few things still to be ironed out. I will say this, but the point I wanted to make off that is when he said he had two days left, he's all in for 2021. He talked about getting away from the game. He was comfortable if he wasn't going to come back, if nothing had changed, blah, blah, blah. My next point on that, though, is, Jimmy, I think his future is uncertain for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, I don't think that it's guaranteed this is his last year as a Packer. I certainly think there's a world that exists where the Packers mend some fences with Rodgers if he's willing to do so. And they sign an extension and he's the quarterback for the next three, four five years. I do think that's a possibility. I also think it's possible that they trade him, like he said. And. One of the reports now that's out there that's getting twisted is the Packers have already agreed to trade him after the 22 season, or the 21 season, excuse me. The caveat to that is if he's still unhappy and still wants to be traded, that is a huge, massive, large difference. I know Mm -hmm. I just used a lot of adjectives to mean the same thing, but that's a huge difference. If he's still unhappy, they will trade him. That said, it's not guaranteed he's still going to be unhappy. That remains to be seen. The other thing that... Kind of, I talked. I was able to meet with a lot of people this weekend. One of them was a Packaday colleague, and that is Paul Breddle, uh, the Saturday Crew. And we were talking about how a bunch of different stuff went on. You know, we talk a little bit, but you know, not a lot. So we were getting some people's views and his opinions on some stuff and what this meant and what that meant and just some different things like that. And we were talking about how if the Packers win a Super Bowl, you know, then what? And Paul said, "I think Rogers could retire." and i was like no way not a chance in hell like there's not a way that that happens but then i listened to that interview today and i started to think about it is if rogers wins a championship really what does he have left to accomplish because he's not catching brady for super bowl rings nobody will <clears throat> but he'll have then more super bowls than brett farf and he cares about that whether he tells you he does or not he absolutely cares about that He'll have played more seasons as a quarterback than anyone in the history of the Packers. One more season than Favre, one more season than Starr, all that stuff. And he'll have finished his career with one team and go out. He'll have the John Elway moment of running off the field with the helmet above his head like Elway did retiring. He won two Super Bowls in a row before retiring. But I do, I'm starting to believe that that's a possibility. Now, I say that with the caveat of there's six months between now and February when the Packers would theoretically hopefully play in a Super Bowl. If they win it, who knows what happens? Who knows what happens in the next six months? If Aaron Rodgers can make up his mind within two days before camp, then that means there's a ton of time to figure out what he's going to do as far as his following season. But listening to him, I do wonder if Rodgers is wondering how much do I want to kill my body, my mind, all that stuff for football, not that he doesn't love football or anything like that. I just wonder newsflash guys being a professional athlete is really hard and there's <laughs> a lot of stuff that goes into it just on the mental side of things prepping for meetings prepping for practice then prepping for games and blitz schemes and defenses and coverages and all this stuff that's just the mental side and then you add in the physical beating that you take especially as a quarterback and a star who frankly the other team wants to hit and they want to put they don't want to injure you but they want to put a hurting on you as my old coach used to say I wonder if he is worried about stuff like that, if maybe this offseason got him to think about life after football, and that is that something that you want to look into now? What are your thoughts on his interview, and do you think it's possible? I will say this. If the Packers don't win a Super Bowl this year, I don't think Rodgers retires. I do think he wants to have a sh- couple cracks at winning at least one more, but I don't think he'll retire. But what are your thoughts on Green Bay winning a championship and him potentially riding into the sunset? Yeah, I think,
2: I think if they do win a Super Bowl, I think that is possibly the most likely outcome. Honestly, uh, like I said to you before, this him and Devonte putting out that last dance thing, the, that that Instagram story they both put out, like that's what happened after the last dance. MJ retired. Rogers can retire. Like you go out on top, you dip out. Devonte, just like Pippen, leave out of Green Bay. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Obviously we want Devontae there for the long run, but I don't know. I, it just, like you said, what else would he have to prove if they win a Super Bowl? He has two now. He's at the top of the league. He just came off an MVP season when everyone was riding him out or ruling him out. And the last couple of seasons, a lot of the stuff that he's been talking about is he's been self-reflecting, taking care of his mental health. And this last one, he stepped away from football. He enjoyed Hawaii with his fiance, Um he did that match thing with Brady. Like, it seems like he's finally doing some things outside of football that he's finding a lot of joy in. And if he's not as into it, he says he still feels like he can play. We saw that last year with the MVP season. Clearly he can play. But if he's starting to enjoy that stuff outside of it, you just won the Super Bowl. Go out on top. Pull Jerome Bettis. Pull John Elway. Leave while you're on top and enjoy, uh, enjoy the legacy you left behind. There's nothing else for him to prove. He's
1: Rushmore, Mount Rushmore quarterback. Yeah, and something that you mentioned is leaving your legacy behind. That's something he absolutely cares about is, one, what people think of him, but his legacy and his legacy. Your legacy gets enhanced Mm -hmm. if you stay with one team. Kobe Bryant gets overrated all the time in NBA conversations because he stayed with the Lakers. Now, he tried to leave on a couple different occasions. Yeah, yeah. So that that is what it is. I'm not going down the Kobe Bryant rabbit hole, but – Derek Jeter is another another example of that and I love you're not gonna find a bigger Derek Jeter in the fan fan in the world than I am but Jeter even gets overhyped to some degree because he played for the Yankees for so many years that matters to people and the reason the John Elway thing is so special is because it's so rare I mean you could go down the list you mentioned Mount Rushmore quarterbacks Jimmy Dan Marino played every year with one team so that was cool But otherwise, you start talking about some of these dudes, and I'm not going to go through, like, who's on that Mount Rushmore, but Joe Namath, a Jets icon, played somewhere else. Peyton Manning, in my opinion, the best quarterback I've ever seen as far as the mastery of that position. The Colts cut him, unceremoniously cut him. Yeah. And the other argument I've had about this a million times is, if you ask me today who is the best player in the history of the Green Bay Packers, we're going to have a conversation. Could be Bart Starr, could be Aaron Rodgers, could be Ray Nitschke could be Willie Davis could be a lot of people. But if I ask you, Jimmy, who's the best player in the history of the new England Patriots? What is your answer? Tom Brady, Tom Brady. And you don't even think twice about it. Tom Mm -hmm. Brady is currently employed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the Patriots decided it was time to move on. So it's so rare that a player starts and finishes career in one place. And that's why it's special. And I do think Rogers Cares about that enough to the point where if they win a championship, he can say, I've accomplished all I can do. I don't need to do anything else. I'm going to go hang out with my fiance, go in Hawaii. I can play some golf matches with people. I can get that competitive hole filled by some other things and not beat the hell out of my body for other people's entertainment for the rest of my life. Cause he's still relatively young. I'm sure he's thought about that. Aaron Rodgers is a thinker, if nothing else. So, mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. I think that's going to be a storyline to watch is we've all been under the assumption that if this is Aaron's last year in green Bay, it's going to be, be a trade at the end of the season. Now, my next question to you, Jimmy, mm-hmm. would you rather green Bay, win a championship and have Rogers retire or have green Bay, win a championship and trade Aaron Rodgers?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. you need indeed.
2: The selfish side of me is I hope we win a championship and trade Aaron Rodgers. I want I want stuff in return. I want those first-round picks. I want a, a a stud player if we get one in that trade. But to have him win a championship, then retire, it would be great for him and his legacy, but then we don't get anything out of it for the future terms. Obviously, if it was win a championship, retire, or don't make it and we trade Rodgers, I would take the championship. But if we can win a championship and trade Rodgers and get pieces for the future, I'm going to take that 10 times out of 10.
1: Yeah, I couldn't ask that question without them winning the title because obviously the answer is <laughs> going to be, well, yeah, give me the ring. I don't care about the rest after that. But, yeah, yeah, my answer is I care about the long-term future of the organization. Now, would I get some warm and fuzzies about Rodgers being able to finish his career? Of course. I dreamed about the same exact scenario playing out with Brett Favre years ago. I wanted him, when he played in that NFC Championship game against the Giants, go there, win a Super Bowl, knock off the undefeated Patriots, go into the sunset, you're Brett Favre, and your, le- your legacy has no stain on it that, frankly, I personally don't care anymore. But yeah. it does have a bit of a stain to it that not that he gets traded to the Jets, that's whatever. But going to the Vikings is absolutely something that's still going to bother a lot of people. And maybe they'll never forgive him for that. Whereas if he had just won and retired and stayed in Green Bay, he would probably still be. And he kind of is still to some degree a god in Green Bay. Uh, and, and, and an untarnished one. That was a guy who, I mean, people used to fight if you said things bad about Brett Favre. It didn't matter if he threw six picks in a playoff game. It ain't freaking Favre's fault. I can promise you that. But I am absolutely of the, I hope he doesn't retire because that means two things. One, he's Green Bay's quarterback for the foreseeable future. or And that's a good thing. MVP quarterbacks mm-hmm. don't grow on trees. Or two, the Packers have traded him for a gazillion picks, players, and all that kind of stuff, and now are able to build around Jordan Love. So, That's my thought on that. I want to put a bow on this, I guess, Jimmy, is at the end of the year, gut feeling, what happens with Aaron Rodgers as of August 12th?
2: If I had to go gut feeling, I'd say Rodgers
1: is traded at the end of the year. That's interesting. I think that – I think Rodgers is the quarterback for the Packers in 2022. I think that if he plays well, Brian Gutekunst can't look the media in the face and just say, "We're like, this whole song and dance could happen again, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously you risk losing Rodgers for nothing a year from now if that happens, but I do think that if the Packers were to go through the year and come up short – then Gutekunst can just stone face say, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers and we do all this crap again a year from now. One thing I can promise you is this will be the last time we talk about Aaron Rodgers' future on this show. <laughs> I am going to enjoy the hell out of this 2021 season because yeah. I think this Packers team is primed. They are talented enough and able to win a Super Bowl. They are one of the two best teams in the NFC, if not a co-favorite with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you can get to a super bowl obviously you have a shot to win it tampa bay was not a better team than green bay or kansas city and they beat both green bay just needs to give themselves another shot and see if they can do that as long as Rodgers is healthy they're gonna have bakhtiari back If you can keep a vast majority and football is a game of attrition i understand that if you can get most of your best players healthy for that big spot then they're gonna have a chance to do that so Look forward to that. We're going to worry about the rest of that later. There is an actual game on Saturday, so all the crap from this offseason, you can put a bow on it. It's over. It's done. Rogers is here. He's going to be the starter. He, however, is not going to start on Saturday. He's not going to play in the preseason. He has never played a preseason down under Matt LaFleur, which take of it what you will. Uh, Last year, no preseason. Had an MVP year, and he came out guns blazing as the year started. The prior year, not as much. I would say you might as well leave him off the field. I don't need to see what Aaron Rodgers has. What I do need to see is Jordan Love and game action. Mm-hmm. And I've said before, I would play him until the backups, 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 backups are in on the offensive line. So three quarters, three and a half quarters. I, With all due respect to Kurt Benker, he's awesome. He's a fan favorite for good reason. You know, he's done a lot of things to hang out with the fans. He's interactive. All that stuff matters. I care about those things. I don't care to watch him play quarterback. He's not going to be the quarterback of the Packers at any point, unless something really bad has happened. And I don't want to live through those scenarios, but we're not talking about Jordan love because there's been enough discussion about that. And obviously that is the key thing. The number one thing that I think everyone will be watching on Saturday night when the Packers take the field is how does number 10 look in his first game reps i think todd said on lombardi's bar which you can find on game on wisconsin every wednesday night at 7 30 shameless plug <laughs> that jordan love hasn't played a game in like <clears> 605 <throat> days when he steps under center on saturday night that is incredible to me that it's been yeah. that long but it has so jimmy my question to you is we're not talking about jordan love it's like fight club now yeah what are we talking about what is your number one storyline going into this preseason game I want to know what the Packers offense
2: looks like with a true slot receiver. So we drafted Amari Rodgers in the third round. Uh, obviously, we traded for Randall Cobb as well, uh, but he's not going to be playing in the, in the preseason. If he is, I'll be surprised. Uh, I feel like he falls under that selected veterans who's going to take it off, especially if you're not playing with your top quarterback. There's really no reason to. Um, but I'm excited to see what they can do with the person who is made for the slot. Last year, we haven't really had anyone like that. Uh, and Rodgers even mentioned that as well. Like we need a true slot receiver. We have that with Amari Rodgers. He's a freak athlete. I'm just excited to see again, Devonta Adams, we see it with him a little bit, but just a player that you can get the ball to him anywhere on the field. And he's a threat to take it to the house. Uh, so I'm excited to see how they incorporate him. I know this last practice, he got a handoff in the backfield um, with AJ Dillon going out wide. So just the creativity Matt LaFleur can do um, as he's thinking that stuff up while he stares at himself in a mirror for an hour. Uh, just seeing what stuff they're going to find for Amari Rodgers and what, I don't know, what he can do to impact this offense that was already
1: the number one offense last year and put it to the next level. Yeah, Amari Rodgers is going to be a a big storyline coming out of camp here. Obviously, I want to see Eric Stokes. I've talked about how I think that he could be the key that brings this defense to a different ceiling. I'm certainly looking to see something like that. But the biggest thing I'm looking at, I... It's very, maybe it's simple, but I enjoy the positional battles that you're able to see somebody with the ball in their hands and seeing like where do they line up on special teams. And I've waited a whole year to see Patrick Taylor in this offense. I've heard a bunch about him. And Mm -hmm. now Kylan Hill is kind of the star of training camp at this point of the players that aren't actually stars, if that makes sense. I'm looking forward to those two guys. I know Dexter Williams is having a a pretty good camp from what LaFleur has talked about and everything. I just, The chances of him making the team are like slim to none, in my opinion. Uh, I just He's never put it together while he's been in Green Bay. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he's been in LaFleur's doghouse, it feels like, since the first day he came in. So I don't think he's making the team. But Kylan Hill or Patrick Taylor, they're going to have a lot of chances, and and Dexter Williams, too. But all three of those guys are going to have a chance to get some carries and get some yards on the field. So that third running back, LaFleur's talked about it. He wants three capable players, three guys able to tote the rock. Well, they have Aaron Jones, they have A.J. Dillon. Last year they had those two guys and they had Jamal Williams, but A.J. Dillon didn't really play a whole hell of a lot until the end of the season after a Jamal Williams injury led Mm -hmm. to a a bit of an opportunity for him, and he showed very well, to Dillon's credit. That's what you're (coughs) supposed to do when you're put in those situations. But the Packers are going to need guys like that. And the other thing is something about Jamal that is going to be missed this season I think unless somebody just steps in and is immediately good at it. But his ability in pass protection yeah. is something that was not talked about a lot. It was a little bit, I suppose, but but not enough. And I think it's something it's it's kind of like that old Cinderella song. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And you don't know that Jamal Williams is like a an extra offensive lineman in the backfield sometimes. And now the big thing is with, with Kylan Hill and Patrick Taylor, and we saw a practice. I mean, granted, that's one practice, so take that for what it is, but they did. Look a little less comfortable. And that's something that is normal. Running backs coming out of college, they're not asked to pass protect as much because they're asked, usually the running backs are some of the team's best players. So they're asked to get the ball in their hands, go out in passing routes, run the ball, etc. So asking them to be pass pro, that's tough. But when you got number 12, you better protect him. And that's the easiest way to find your way on the field is protecting him making plays for him, obviously, when you're on the field as well. So I'm going to look for those guys in blitz pickup situations. Yeah. I'm going to look for those guys, uh, obviously, in, in the passing game. Uh, you know, something that, that was a way for Jamal Williams to get on the field when he was a rookie under Mike McCarthy as the head coach was that he was a natural, good passing game player. He was good in pass protection. He looked natural catching the ball. Aaron Jones, to his credit, has become something like that. But he wasn't that when he started was not a good passing game player when he came into the league he struggled catching the ball everything looked like he was fighting it a little bit and then of course pass protection wasn't his strong suit we laughed about it at the time because he was such a dynamic runner but that's why jamal williams was on the field more often than aaron jones was early in his career so a way to find your way on the field and on the roster is that and the other thing with kylan hill is he's going to play special teams maurice drayton that was a big you, you could take little nuggets From these press conferences, guys, when a coach says something, that means something. Yeah. When they talk about, hey, we want to feature this guy or something. So, Robert Tunyon, that's why I think he's one of those guys that is going to have maybe not as good of a year as he had last year statistically, but I do think that's somebody that they're going to increase his targets and have a year. Maurice Drayton said that they're looking at Kylan Hill as their kickoff returner. Well, that matters. Special teams certainly matters as he's back into the roster spots. I guess my question that I have off of this, Jimmy, as Patrick Taylor showed well in the passing game, it's a big guy's unique mover for somebody that big. Do you think it's possible Green Bay keeps four running backs out of preseason? I I definitely think it's possible. Um,
2: just with sometimes when there's just too much talent, the best solution is to keep them. You know what I mean? Like if Patrick Taylor's showing that he is a serviceable running back and able to kind of fill in on that special teams, which is a huge area of focus as we were just seeing with Kylan Hill being uh, a possible returner, but another position that's going to need to be filled in special teams is for punch as well. Jamal was literally on every special teams. So finding players I can plug in there. Um, If he's as dynamic and he's a big body, if he's improving even that, that pass blocking, like there's, there's always a role to be filled. Um, And we've seen with LaFleur, he's going to put the best player for that role on the team or on the field. So if, They have a niche that they can, they can utilize. They're going to keep them. So I can definitely see them keeping four running backs, especially if it's that tight of a competition, you're not just going to let one walk when there's something you can use them on the field for
1: something else to keep in mind is that the Packers have an extra roster spot, if you will, to play with at the end of camp. Jay Sternberger is going to go on the suspension list and eventually they'll activate him and have to choose whether to cut him or someone else to make room for him. But during the season, it's usually easier to get guys through to the practice squad. So I do wonder if that's something that they look at as keeping a fourth running back with that extra roster spot. They could also find some other spots. Maybe it's a DB. Maybe it's an offensive lineman. You know, There's a lot of different things they can do. But like you said, Jimmy. Sometimes when you have the talent, the best solution is to keep them. There was a year where the Packers kept seven wide receivers because they thought that was the best version of their first 53-man roster. And speaking of receivers, I want to wrap on that while we're talking about some sexy positions, if you will, positions (laughs) with sex appeal. The receiver spot is one I was pretty vocal coming into camp. I did not think the Packers were going to keep more than five. Last year, they just they don't play a lot of multi-receiver, like big receiver sets, four or five wide receivers. And if they're not going to play special teams, which Randall Cobb, not playing on coverage. Devin Funches hasn't played in coverage, et cetera, et cetera. But the Packers have five receivers that are locks to make the roster, in my opinion. Devontae Adams, he's pretty good. He's going to make the team. Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Randall Cobb, as Ross Uglum said on Monday, he's making the team or the quarterback's going to quit. Those are <laughs> kind of your options. So Cobby's making the team, and then Amari Rodgers is making the team. So that's five. After watching Devin Funches on Thursday, he made a play on a scramble drill. That stuff I certainly maybe even overvalue to a point, but watching Aaron Rodgers play quarterback, that's something I think matters. And then Saturday, he had a pretty good family night until his press conference, which we've gone over on the show, unacceptable, regardless, just get that out of the way. And let's move on uh, with that. But he had a really good family night practice. And now I'm starting to wonder is this team's all in to win this season. Do you think that it's possible that they keep someone like Funchess over maybe the developmental receiver, special teams guy, like say Malik Taylor or eq saint brown or Jawan winfrey who is kind of the camp darling that is now injured but what were your thoughts going into camp as to how many receivers they might keep well after they traded for randall cobb i should say how many receivers they might keep versus now has that changed at all i was thinking kind of where you were
2: i was thinking it was just going to be five and then they traded for cobb and then that just went up to six for me um and I think it is going to be Funtish's spot to lose at this point. We know Rodgers likes to play with likes to play with veterans. Um, partly why he wanted Cobb back, but also because of the connection those two have over the years of playing together. But I think Funtish just gives him a, a big body target in the red zone. We've seen we've seen what he could do with Carolina. I know that was a few years ago now at this point. He's coming off two seasons as well, as well of not really playing. He p- got injured in week one two years ago, sat out last year. But I don't know. I just think with his veteran ability, you want to just keep him there. You know, his ceiling, he can be a thousand yard receiver. We've seen that from him before. And with someone like Winfrey, who is a camp darling, but now with that injury, there's no way in my mind that you keep him over a player like Funches, uh, the best ability is availability. And right now he's not there to earn his spot. If that's, it kind of remind me of kind of like Kumaro, his first, or when he was having that breakout preseason, ended up hurting his shoulder, diving into the end zone. Um, that's kind of what this reminds me of. Granted, this might not be a long-term thing, but even just missing a few days can be the difference in making a
1: team and not making a team. So I think it's Funches' spot to lose. Yeah, I think Winfrey is that dude that we gnash our teeth about all camp, about how you can't cut this dude, he'll never make it to the practice squad, and they, they just do. They do almost every single time. Uh, with Funches, like you mentioned, there are three receivers on this roster that have an 800-yard receiving season under their belt Devontae adams randall cobb and devin funchess is the other one and jake morley had a observation on saturday night that he thought Funches looked like he could realistically be this team's second wide receiver in terms of production i'm not going to go that far you know like i said coming in he was two years out of football he didn't play last year for covid concerns which if you got a problem with that go scratch like I, <laughs> i don't yeah. know what else to tell you at this point if you're going to hold that against him i think that You know, Funchus obviously had his reasons and he's talked about them. They were good ones, in my opinion, at least based on what we knew at the time. Uh, If you have the year before that, he broke his collarbone, he was injured, he's done everything he could. You know, this is a chance for him to revitalize his career. He had, and he showed some emotion. So for the people that say, like, oh, does he actually care about football? Well, he scored a touchdown and then ripped his helmet off at celebration. It felt like a little bit of frustration was getting out. And, some excitement on making a play like that. So, yes, I do think he cares about football. I'm just interested to see how the Packers do these things. He's going to have to make some plays in the preseason because ultimately that can swing a roster spot. One way, you know, we saw Jarrett Boykin years ago have a big final preseason game and make the roster because of it. I believe Graham Harrell had something very similar happen and he became the backup quarterback because of that. Those are just how some of these things can work if you do them the right way. So Alphanchis is able to make some plays, and this goes for the other guys too, St. Brown, Winfrey, et cetera, et cetera. I just think that with the Packers being in the position they're in, all in for 2021, that they're going to lean more towards the veteran in these cases than they are the young guy who could make a play, but you're just not sure what he is. And I'm fine with that for the season. In another normal quote-unquote year, Yeah, maybe you lean towards that guy. But I'm going to be interested to see that. Obviously, keep your eyes on special teams and all that good stuff as well on Saturday night. Saturday, I will be in the building. So if you are in Green Bay, come say hello. I'd be happy to come talk with you guys, talk some Packers, hang out a little bit. It was nice to see some of you guys up in Green Bay, obviously, this last week when I was up there. And that's going to do it. For this edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Like, rate, subscribe, give us a five star review, all those beautiful things. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. You can catch me on the Pick Six Podcast every Wednesday morning before you listen to this show on Thursdays. Uh, my guest next week will actually be Maggie Loney. So Maggie's <laughs> going to come on the show uh, and she will talk about her experience in Green Bay and whatever else we come up with for that time frame and obviously catch us game on wi.com hope to see you all september 19th 2021 game on wisconsin will be hosting a live open meetup at the green bay distillery no need to pay for a ticket anything like that come by have a drink tell them i sent you you're going to get a nice little drink cheaper drink off of that not 100 percent sure what that means yet but if you tell them jacob <laughs> sent you you get a cheaper drink off of that and of course you have an opportunity to win some prizes and hang out with idiots like me and Jimmy as the final (laughs) attraction, if you will. Jimmy, where can we find you? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jimmy
2: underscore C08. Uh, Anything I do is posted there. Uh, You can find me every Tuesday for on-brand and off-topic podcasts I do with Todd and Aaron Alice. And then on Wednesdays over at Game on Wisconsin, you can find me at Lombardi's Bar, 7.30, live uh, every week. And then Thursdays right here at Packaday, and then I'll have an article out every Friday also over at game on wisconsin
1: so there you have that you'll be able to check those things out be sure to check us out it's almost time for preseason football like i mentioned all the craps out of the way we'll be back next week on thursday after an actual game so excited for that thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time